This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are we rolling there, Carlos? Carlos is like a star of these podcast interviews now. He's always getting referenced. But we might, we're going to have to do like a face reveal. Tyler Posey's here. What's up, dude? What's going on? How's it going, man? Thanks it's good to see me. you. I liked in the intro you said coast to coast because we did. We met on an old show that doesn't even exist anymore, It man. doesn't exist? No. Oh, it was wow. such an awesome show. I had no idea. And you have one of my biggest fans, I'll say friend, is this uh, young woman named Eddie. And she, I only know her because she was like a huge fan of you. Do you remember what you did that day? I always bring this up, but I think it's so cool. The you mishmash? Covered well, no, you were just taking requests. Because uh-huh. what was so cool about that show is it was live without a format. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, like, if you get two knuckleheads like you and me up there, it's yeah. just like, oh, you know, shit goes fucking left real quick. Uh-huh. And uh, and you were just taking requests from the audience. And I think she re- uh, requested a Blink song. Yeah. But she, like, loves you. And then she's, like, been all over my social no ever shit. since. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's cool. where you guys met? Yeah, and like it's just like I don't know, like it's funny, like there's that's that's what it's kind of like one of the cooler things about what I do is like I almost like pick up because I love community and I'm sure you do too, uh-huh. and it's like I get to interview you know talented people like you all across music and that's, you're so sweet, dude. No, but seriously, and Thanks, then like man. I get to like you know some of your community comes over to my community and it's yeah, cool, and then yeah. I'll remember I go oh yeah I met them through the Mod Sun interview, uh-huh, I met yep. them through the Tyler when yeah, Tyler yeah, came on the show, yeah. so it's cool, man. But it thanks for cool. coming over here in dude, L.A. Thank you for having me, of course, man. How awesome is this city? How awesome is this city? Did you grow up here? I did. Oh, no yeah, shit. Yeah, I was born in Santa Monica. I grew up just north in Santa Clarita, so like the even further Valley Valley. It's just some small town, but all you did was play music and skateboard there. Really? And smoke pot. So did you have the thing that you wanted to get out? Uh, you... Yeah, a little bit, but I, I was I was a different case because I was I started acting when I was like six years old, so I was always in Hollywood. Yeah, you know, so I, I I didn't really feel the need to get out too bad, other than like I was just ready to branch out. Like at eighteen, I was like, I gotta get out of my hometown. Like, how I, old were you when you got Teen Wolf? Eighteen. You were eighteen. Yeah, and then I moved to Atlanta for two years. Is that where they shot it for the first two seasons? Really? Yeah. And it, then where they moved to? To here. Oh, really? So it, it was nice. At, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back home. Right. And get like a, you know, set, settle down in a place that's like not my hometown, but still close enough to my family. And yeah. So I do, I do love it here, dude. Like when I'm on tour, you know, it's nice to see all these other cities. But the second we start pulling into LA, it's like, oh, wow, fuck, I miss this place, dude. You see the hills and it's just, I don't know. I, I like the West Coast a lot and uh, it's just conducive for me. I, I love, I love touring other places too. But yeah, dude, what do you think about this place? I'm in love with it. So I was supposed to come out here. I didn't know where I wanted to live. I knew I wanted to get out of New York because I'd done New York and Mm -hmm. and I love New York and I grew up there similar to how you grew up here, you know? And um, 
So I was like, well, I love South Florida, so maybe I'll check out Miami. I lived in Miami for a month, and it was cool, <laughs> but I was like, there's no real music scene here, and at least not my music scene. And right. So then I came out here, and I was supposed to be out here for uh, four weeks. And I work at MTV as well as here. Mm-hmm. We've talked over there as well, mm-hmm. and they're Times Square. And so I was like, I'm just going out for a month. It's uh-huh. going to be cool. And then I was like, called them. I was like, hey, man, can I? Uh, can we do like two months? And then I was like, can we do three months? Can I be out here until the VMAs? And then like I just keep <laughs> extending it because, you, like, look, like if you love music, man, there's no better city. And yeah, just dude. like-minded people, man. Mm-hmm. Like I was just t- talking to uh, Katie Cooper out there, mm-hmm. and uh, she knows me from New York too. And it's like, dude, I'd get off work, and I'd have nothing to do in New York. Like there's stuff to do. But like of course. here I get off, and I'm like, let's go out. Let's grab yeah. dinner. You know, let's do something. You know what I mean? There's always something to do if you're into music and I adore it, but I feel like you grew up, that was such a cool time to grow up in California because I grew up in New yeah. Jersey and it was like the era of like, first off, pop punk, which we'll yeah. get into, oh. but then you had like the OC, then you had Laguna Beach, yeah. then you had like Hollister as a brand like popping yeah. off like crazy, you know what I mean? <laughs> like the whole, it was like SoCal was like the coolest place on earth. Uh-huh. Did you feel that growing up here? Oh man, I think so, dude. I mean, it was just so ingrained in my my life that like I didn't really notice, but it was, it was my all my interests aligned with it, you know, like I, I grew up watching, I don't know, American Pie to me just seems, I don't think it was SoCal, but it it, feels, it felt like it, it feels like SoCal, their style, the music, and that was just what I wanted to be like, and so everything, everything that I loved, SoCal just embellished so much, you know, well, skateboarding, punk. I'm so happy you said American Pie, so oh, I just met, um... Thomas Ian Nichols or Nicholas excuse me uh-huh. uh, he's an actor he plays Kevin Myers in the movie okay yeah of course and then he was in Rookie of the Year if you ever saw that baseball movie yeah, as like yeah, a child yeah, actor yeah, yeah, yeah. so he played a show that actually our, another friend of ours that's outside right now is uh, Heather and she, it was uh, it was her birthday last weekend and we went to the Viper Room and we caught the early November show I don't know if you ever got into them code of an email yeah, band I remember them and so uh, Thomas's band opened and he played all I missed it but he played all songs from the American Pie soundtrack. no way and so I hit him up and I met him and I was like dude I want to do something for the 20 of the American Pie 2 soundtrack next month. So Whoa. what we're trying to do, dude, is we're trying to... Because those soundtracks like were everything. They're, they're my favorite. Dude. I, I have them on repeat all the time, dude. Literally to this the day, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And so what I'm trying to do is get all the bands or most of the bands from the soundtrack to Whoa. come here with the actors Whoa. and have like a show in that performance space Whoa. next month. Yeah, I know. You got to come through, dude. It's going to be like nuclear, Holy man. shit. That yeah. is like the most up my vibe I've ever experienced. Dude, dude. right? I, I need to be here. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. And he couldn't be cooler, Thomas. That's he, so cool. I didn't know he played music. Yeah. Um, right on, man. But Yeah, he, uh, I didn't really know either, but uh, he had That's a really good like, idea. Holy shit. Yeah, not cool. Because there's so many soundtracks. Like, you know what another soundtrack was for me? was um Van Wilder, dude. Oh, dude, of course. Yeah. Huge yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, there's a song by the band Bird 3. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Forget your name. Forget my uh-huh. name. I never, I never want to go back. back. Dude, fuck me. Yeah, that whole, that whole era dude. is literally my entire life. That makes me so happy, though. And yeah. any, like, pop punk fan watching this, like, uh-huh. just how true to this shit you are. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that, like, man, you're it's... pulling out Bird 3. I know, dude. Deep cuts. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what? Left Front Tire was on... Was on AP2. Like, America... Yep. Because, yeah, I, I just compiled a list. I got to reach out to these people uh-huh. now. And then who did that song, Cheating? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Santa Jettingham. Is it, uh... Have you seen my girl? Oh, yeah. Is that oh, one? Oh, yeah. Dude, that, oh, those albums are We got to so be careful. Good. YouTube's going to pull this if we keep singing along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, dude, that was just so influential. Yep. Um, so you were in bands. And you, of course, like from, from a casual fan that might be clicking on this video on YouTube, they'll know you from acting just mm-hmm. because of how successful you were. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you were in bands since 12? Yeah, I started playing. I got bass and guitar lessons when I was 12 years old, and like immediately just I I, I fell. So I was working in Toronto, Canada, on a TV show when I was like eight years old, and uh, 
didn't really have many friends there because there weren't many kids working on the show with me. So I went to Canada had a really dope skate and punk grunge scene uh, when I was there in Toronto. And I would spend my times at the local CD stores and just got Blink. And then would buy Blink-182 documentaries, and they would talk about Screeching Weasel, No Effects, Green Day. And so I would like, I just filled my repertoire with all of this punk stuff. And I became, I, so before I started playing guitar, I knew the sound I wanted to, you know, emulate and, and what scene I wanted to be a part of. And so as soon as I started learning, I started playing in bands. My first band was called Toothless Sidekicks. Just some stupid Who punk. named it? You, your buddies? I, I, I did. Okay. Um, but yeah, we were just like in garages playing skateboard punk music and yeah started when i was 12 years old and then and then teen wolf started getting popular and i was always playing music then and and i would start selling out at the roxy and so i've always been trying to do this and like hustle and yeah now it's finally like you know i used to i went on k-rock <clears throat> years ago for teen wolf and i was like i also have a little demo of my song and they're like i think kevin and beam were like okay cool let's play a little bit of it and like they played like two seconds of it but now i'm here for music. Right. It's really cool. What is that like? Um, and be honest about it. When you're, when you get so famous and you're so successful for a specific thing. And as anybody who's watching this right now, or as you or me can attest, like we're nuanced people, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Human mm -hmm. beings are not just one thing as much as we want to put people in boxes. You yeah, can't, of course. Um, how difficult is that? The weight of trying to overcome your own success because for so long you want to be successful anybody in whatever you're doing especially mm -hmm. in entertainment it's like oh my god if i could be known for my art you know and and so you get that but then at a certain point do you ever you kind of have to overcome it and it becomes a different thing right so like this thing that you're probably so grateful for now becomes a almost a challenge when trying to introduce your music yeah dude and be seen as an artist as yeah exactly and, and I, that's why i've wanted to like so i wanted this i wanted to earn everything because i know in this scene like even for me like if i see an actor starting to play music i'm like what's going on here right what are you trying to pull you know so i, I don't want to be seen as that so i've always just been trying to like earn it from the ground up and like earn my stripes the way that like a normal you know right. person who's not in the limelight would do it you know totally. so like when i'm whenever I'm, when I'm my first tour we rented a van and it was me and my my uh, tour manager and photographer he and I were the drivers you know so like even though we could have had we had the means to get a bus or whatever I didn't yeah. want to be extravagant I just wanted to like work from the ground up and so that's been it is a, it is it is a trip because as much as the fans are loyal and I love them I do want to be seen as somebody who is really trying to do it the right way yeah. You know, and like earn earn those stripes like a true pop punk person. Yeah, if that makes any sense? As you, you should know? be, because that's who you really are. Yeah, and I don't want to lean on on this other career. I do because it's gotten me some really cool opportunities. Like it, it. I think it got me in touch with John Feldman. Sort of. I met him at Warp Tour, but like, when at, did you first meet Feldman? At at the last Warp Tour, which was two thousand eighteen, seventeen. Okay, the like the anniversary one or like no, the, the real the, last the, one? The real last one. Okay. Yeah, my band, my previous band, was playing. And pavements, he's a, pavements, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's a friend of one of my friends, and my friend was like, "Hey, my buddy Tyler's gonna be there. He's gonna try to say hi if he sees you." And so I saw Feldman backstage with his kids, and I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, I'll just let him walk by. You know, I don't want to bother him. I've never been good at like bothering people." And I was like, "Fuck it, hey, Feldy." And he's like, "Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, good to meet you, man." And he's like, "I'll come watch your set." And like halfway through the set, I see him and like my homie state champs out there. And then he invited me to his birthday party, and then I went to his birthday party, invited me in the studio to listen to New Blink, and then he's like, do you want me to record your band? I was like, well, uh, So he just asks you? Yeah. 
You had no, like, you probably, like, you, he's on such a pedestal as he should be. He's such a legend. Yeah. You probably would never imagine. No, had no idea. And then he just blurts it out. Yeah. It and was, you're just immediately like, yeah, of course. Of course, dude. Yeah. I could not deny that at all. You know, it was, it was, it was, uh, I don't know, dude. I've just always kind of sought out my, seen my life from when I was a little kid. I knew that I was going to be in the presence of the Blink-182 umbrella. You know, I don't know why. I just always wanted to to do it and be there. And now, you know, I'm with the guy who produces them. And right. he's one of my best friends. Um, but yeah, going back to like, um, you know, I, I just didn't, I don't want to piggyback. I, wa- I want to take advantage of, of the position that I'm in when it comes to acting and help it kind of push music along. But I don't want to like piggyback on it. I don't want to like lean on it too hard. You know, I, I, I don't know. Just for me, I, I'm such like a, a diehard punk fan. I know that that is sort of frowned upon in, mm-hmm. in, in this scene, you know? Like, you, people want to see you earn it and yeah. and work from the ground up and not just use whatever fame you have to... Well, I mean, the way I it. look at it is, you know, like, you earned those six million followers because they took to your work. And that mm-hmm. was you putting in tons of time to your craft as an actor and, you know, your charisma and everything that went into it. And you, So that's, that's a testament to you as a person. Why not use that as an introduction? And I think what yeah. you're saying is like you don't want that to mean like, oh well, I should skip the line. But right. why not? Hey, six million people, check out my record. Yeah, dude. and then then decide. You uh-huh. don't. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Six million shouldn't guarantee that you go number one on Billboard. Right. But like, of course. Hey, man. Like, yeah. Like, you guys like that? Maybe you like this. Yeah, I think it'd be stupid of me to not. You know. Take a little you work bit of for years. Of you yeah. know what I mean. You just, you just wake up one day and had six million followers. You know yeah, what I mean. Like yeah. they're there for a reason. Yeah. Um. And they're coming over now to the music, which is so cool. It is really cool, man. That's 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 the coolest thing. It's like I was on my way over here and like, because I do have that sort of um, um uh, complex about myself where I'm like I really want to earn where I'm at with music. I don't want to like I don't want to have my acting career. I just had a weird sort of complex about it, you know. I don't want it to be the reason why my music gets popular, you know. Mm-hmm. I want it to get popular because it's 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 good music and and it's around the right people. Um, but today I was over here on my way and I was thinking about like when I was first at K Rock, for Teen Wolf, for acting, and I was also like giving them my little my little song. Um, and so it's I I I'm proud of the hustle that I've done, you know. It's I I feel like I have I'm am in the world of where I am earning. This yeah. type of recognition for for what I'm doing, you know. Well, that's like uh, that's what I enjoy about how you the nature in which you and I met is because I remember getting to the show that day and be like, oh cool, Pavins, oh this is rad, and they you know I listen to music, and then they're like, oh yeah, and then he was on that show. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that show. Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it was the first impression was Pavins. Yeah. The first impression was the music, and then that was like kind of just kind of like an interesting fun fact. Uh-huh. And I think that like the busier you get with music, the more that's kind of how it'll shake out. You know what I mean? Where you're yeah. you're increasingly going to be known as as an artist, and uh, yeah, it feels good. Who man. can also do other things? Yeah. You you know? Yeah, I really dig it, man. I'm really happy because, like, I mean, acting's great. I've had my qualms with it over the years, and I never. One of the reasons I got into punk as a really young kid is because I never felt connected with acting. I, growing up on a set, like I started when I was like six years old, and then moved to Toronto when I was eight, and I was filming for like four years. So I was around actors at a really, really young age, and I just didn't have the same uh, agenda as them. I, there was just something even in my young self that I felt disconnected about, you know, I just couldn't, I was just always talking about skateboarding and punk and didn't really have anybody to connect with on a set. And so punk is just, uh, or music in general is just something that I've sort of found on my own. Um, and what's cool about it to me is that like, I, I don't know, act, acting's fun and cool, but you're singing somebody else's lyrics essentially. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 
Um, and, you know, going through the, being in the music business now, I've, I've realized there's a lot of people that write for other people, but it's different the way that I'm going about it. It's just, uh, it just feels good to do it, to do my own shit. I don't know. Does that yeah, make sense? no, no, totally. And it can be really alienating when you have a talent um, that, you know, grants you access to a certain circle of people or a circle of culture or sort of society uh-huh. that may not inherently be who you are, but you have this talent. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you're a really good actor. You know, you're a handsome guy. You're, you're probably, you know, no, but you know what I mean? Like you're a charismatic Even guy. With the mustache, dude? Dude, I'm digging the mustache, I'm trying to way. make myself as ugly as possible, dude. It's like a uh, like, like, uh, little Magnum P.I. Yeah, little absolutely. Punk, little punk rock P.I. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> But no, seriously, like, so as a kid, like, you, your talents lead you to this, like, celebrity world, which, like, you know, and, like, for better or for worse, it's a very specific kind of world. You're around very specific kind of people. It, but, like, you're there because of your talent, not because of who you are. Right, yeah, exactly. Did you ever have to reconcile, like, you know what I mean, like, the disparity mm. between those things? I mean, I think subconsciously I was aware of that, but I never let it bum me out yeah, yeah, too yeah. much, you know, because I've, I have been, as much as I can, really transparent on on about who I am you know I've always approached like interviews I never really prepared for interviews because I didn't want to I just saw a lot of actors back in like my early days get really consumed with trying to keep the persona going of right. of who they thought the world thought of them if that makes any sense but I've just always been trying to be as transparent as possible and just low-key and normal so, I don't know, that never really, I mean, it's, you know, I, I definitely do my best to make sure that's, like, not, you know, I, I, want, I, want, I want people to see me for who I am. I don't know. I, Did I, that ever get difficult at the, at the height of Teen Wolf Mania, where uh, you must have everybody from agents to managers to the network at MTV in your ear to showrunners of, like, you know, well, your character's this way and you need to be presented this way and it's kind of like a, not a squeaky clean show, but, like, did you ever, was that ever tough at a certain point in being transparent because you are such a transparent guy? Um, no, I don't think so. I think people learned pretty quickly that they couldn't, like, train me to, right. to, to, to be, you know, that way, you know? I, it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's what I, because I grew up in a small town or I grew up skateboarding or listening to punk rock and then punk rock is all about like being true to yourself. I don't know what it when when I was taught that, but I've just stayed super firm with that. And I liked who I was growing up. You know, I was like this kind of goofball, um, just weird eccentric person, you know, and, and I didn't want to let go of that. But I've seen it happen. I've seen I've seen I've seen people kind of like lose their mind because they don't know who they are anymore because yeah. like they're like you said they're being told by a bunch of different people like how you're supposed to present yourself and yeah i i you know i've kind of felt that before in my career and when that happens i just like push away from from those people you know if people are trying to be on my ass about like you know coaxing me into be somebody i'm not i'm like all right this isn't really working so how do you you know growing up i think the hardest thing and this like sort of like the journey of of your teens and your 20s is just like first off figuring out that sense of self but then also protecting and and maintaining it so Mm. you know some people have family to sort of uh you know uh keep them grounded and, and, and maintain that sense of self some people have friends like what was it for you because it seems like you've always had a really good sense of self yeah, I think it's my family. Yeah, yeah. My dad grew up sort of in the business. He got he got he started acting when he was thirty years old, um, and then my mom was just like the realest, funniest person in the world. Just constantly like not taking things too seriously, you know. 
and laughing about everything. And my dad just had like a super solid head on his shoulders and still does. And it's just like the coolest dude ever. And so I really think it was the way that I, I was raised. Plus I grew up in a small town that was in LA, but just outside of LA. So I wasn't in this shit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely the family. I've always maintained really close relationships with my high school and like hometown homies. Like, totally. I, there's like 12 of us that are always on this group chat with each other and they're some of my best friends and I never really like I said earlier I, I, I never felt too connected with other actors so like there's it's a pretty thin list of, of people in that business that I'm still close with and friends yeah. with just because I I don't know I, I I just don't have much in common with those types of people yeah and they're not bad people no, you know what I mean no, you no. work with them you go dude you're, you're an amazing actor you're cool on set you know what I mean but yeah totally well so for a guy that's been a part of like a really successful show and and, and multiple movies and and like that cast environment uh -huh. but also you've been a part of bands how do those compare and contrast like being in a band and then also being a part of a cast is it is it do you see similarities or are they completely different hmm. yeah I never thought about that before actually dude I mean so being in a band What's interesting about being in a band and starting it with like your homies that from your hometown, it's like, okay, we're having a lot of fun, we're good at playing music with each other, but then comes the business aspect, which can kind of rock the boat a little bit. And it's something that like you can't really prepare yourself for, but with acting, it already is business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, bands start out as fun and then kind of, you know, if you're lucky, gradually turn into this business venture but when it came to acting everything everybody was just like you know we know we know that this is a business and uh yeah i mean it's um it's just it's it, to me it's in a weird way it's easier it's just less stress to be around actors if that makes any sense because like there's a lot of pressure riding on you, at least for me, at least, um, when it comes to a band and like being on top of everything business wise. But when it comes to acting, um, I don't know, it just felt like we were just kind of fucking off because the business was right. in other people's hands, you know, like our agents or or the network. And so we just had like a great time with each other. You know, it was always like vacation break. And same thing with bands. Like when you're on tour, it's still a lot of fun. But I don't know. It's it's pretty similar because you can butt heads with with actors and and people in your bands, also. Um, I don't know. It's it's that's just my my experience with it. It's like starting a band with hometown homies. You you know you you start this business also, and that's when things either like get really strong or start crumbling away. I don't know. That's, yeah, that's just how I experienced it. Well, there's that separation you were talking about because you know to use a parallel, uh, it's like a cover song when you're acting. You know what yeah, I mean? You're seeing yeah, somebody else's yeah. stuff, so you don't have to internalize it as much. Where if, if you have friendship, then you have childhood friendship, and then you have songs that people are writing, and they're their songs, and they're about them, or, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's like a riff or whatever, you know, that can get really personal really fast. So it's just a little tricky. Yeah, it is tricky. And then, you know, what's cool, or not cool, but interesting about acting is that, like, you know, you're, you're designated. Like, for me, I was the lead of Teen Wolf. Right. And then there were, like, the other people that were, like, so the supporting when it comes to a band, everyone's trying to fight for that lead position, right? You know, so there was so there was that at least the, the experience that I had with my with my first band, um, there there was that sort of atmosphere between us. But now it's just like I'm surrounded with like the people who support me the most in my in my band now, and uh, it's just um, I don't know. It's just it's it's you just have to weed out the shit. Yeah, you know, it's a learning experience. When you were going out for Teen Wolf, did you know you were going out for the lead role? Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, did you that, read for any other roles? Not, not for that show. Okay. But yeah, that's that's what kind of excited me the most about it because I'd been acting for like twelve years at that point when I was eighteen, and I was like, this is like the first lead role I could ever 
I've, I've ever had if I get this. And so that was, that was a big perk for me. And I knew that like, I just felt that I was gonna be a good lead, not so much when it comes to acting, but keeping the show a morale that people wanna be around, you know? Like acting, I've, I've since growing up on the, in, in, in the business and on set, I've seen how it drains people and it can be like a toxic environment. And I was like, I never wanna do that. If I'm ever the lead on a show, I always wanna make it like the most fun, accepting, like not taking yourself too seriously. Cause that's, that's, I think that's what it is about the acting world that I never really connected with. People take themselves way too seriously, you know? And we're just telling stories, you know? Like people get so consumed with like, well, this isn't my, what my character would do. And I'm like, what do you mean? You're not writing the show. You don't know. You can, you can like act it however you want, but to, to, to like be so stubborn about like, this isn't what my character is gonna do. I mean, you, could, you can't have a say sometimes. I don't know. I've always found that it'd be a pet peeve in acting when, like, actors don't listen to the directors or the writers. You know, it's like, they're, it's, it's their character, too. You right. know, it's not just your character. So just don't take yourself too seriously. That's the best one. That's, that's interesting, though. Like, I played sports growing up, and I, I played quarterback in football. And, you know, your job, your sort of unofficial, you know, unspoken job is to be the leader of that team, to keep morale up, to yeah. make sure everyone's in a good spirits and, like, to sort of lead the charge. And I never thought about that, but it makes a lot of sense. Would you say that's also sort of the responsibility as whatever, whoever the lead is on a production? Yeah, it definitely is because they, they, they set the tone. Yeah. For sure. Like, if they're in their trailer all the time and are, like, difficult and not taking direction or just always have something t negative to say. I've just been around that a lot. It does affect the morale big time. And then like people don't want to work there. And then the other cast members um, like take that lead, you know, it trickles down. So like if, if say the second or third uh, cast member sees how the lead is acting, they're like, oh, well I can kind of be a big shot too and, and right. be a diva. But if like, if the lead is like the most easygoing person in the world, the other actors are like, oh shit, I gotta like step my game up and not be a diva or complain, you know? I mean, you do you do get some people who, who will still do like be a diva or complain or whatever, but it makes it harder, I think, when the lead is like an easygoing person to work with. I never thought of that, it's so interesting. Yeah, it was a trip. Yeah, uh, like subconsciously. just that culture, it's fascinating. I think it's like under-talked about with movies and, and sort of like set life. And, yeah. But that's cool, yeah, like 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 a good a good leader in that lead. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that would sort of dictate the culture. What was the yeah. first, like, was Made in Manhattan like the first huge movie you were on? So there was one before that called Collateral Damage with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I was like oh, eight, yeah. eight or nine for that one, and that one was massive. We were like in the jungles of Mexico. It was a Warner Brothers movie. There were explosions happening like around me, and... So that was that was my first introduction to like a real massive motion picture. Do you remember meeting Arnold? Oh yeah. What yeah. was like your first your first memory of meeting Arnold Schwarzenegger? Fuck, what was it? I mean, I was I was such a fan of Terminator and like going to Universal Studios and sitting on the Terminator Crazy. movie ride. Um, so I was like a huge fan of him. I can't remember. I can't remember the first time I, I met him, but he was always inviting me into his trailer. He always had like a half-smoked cigar. It was never lit. It was just in his mouth, and he would invite me to play chess. And there was one time, <laughs> I don't know if this is okay to say, uh, there was one time where we were on set, and since we're in Mexico, there's just stray dogs running all over the place. And this one dog came up on set, and it was licking itself, and it had a red rocket. I had never seen that before. I was eight years old, and I was like, oh my God, what is that? And Arnold goes, don't be jealous, because it's bigger than yours. <laughs> 
I was like, oh, fuck, okay, yeah, all right, sure. That's amazing. Yeah. There's so many memories. Like we, I mean, My buddies and I talk about it, but you, it must come up in your memory so much of like, man, if I had an iPhone back then or we had camera know, phones, dude. like just to have that on video or even right. YouTube playing chess, like that, that picture uh -huh. would just be priceless. It would be. Yeah, you're right, dude. I don't have too much like document documented from that time. I don't know why. But you ever also feel like grateful that we don't because it's like we kind of um we can build our own folklore. Yeah. It's kind of nice, right? It we is can cool. fill in the blanks with like grandeur if uh -huh, you will, you uh -huh. know what I mean? Yeah, Where, it could be a lot cooler. He may have never said that. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> Pretty sure he did cuz I, I felt that really up. embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. I was like it was like I remember it was the first time in my life where I was like, "Oh my god, this is what embarrassment feels like." This sucks. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger just sunned me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't um, be jealous cuz it's bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, uh, so then you get on Made in Manhattan. Do you have any yeah. members of meeting J Lo? Oh or? yeah. Dude, who, so who's the opposite her in that movie? Is it Ray Fiennes? That's right. Yeah, Voldemort. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah, he blew up after that movie. I mean, he was already a huge actor. Yeah. Um, but memories of J Lo? Yeah. So the first time I met her, it was I, I was filming in Toronto, Canada. This was in the middle of that show that I was doing in Canada. Um, and I flew out to New York to audition, and I remember my character in the movie. Loved Simon and Garfunkel, and so my parents, you know, being the age that they were, loved Simon and Garfunkel too. And so, like, they started giving me like a full on lesson of Simon and Garfunkel, and I fell in love with this song, um, uh, Me and Julio Down by the School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it Julio or Cecilia? No, I always me get this mixed up. Julio down, down by the schoolyard. I can't remember. I think yeah, yeah. Is that what the song is called? I think that is. Um, and I fell in love with it, and I was in the, we went, we went to, we were auditioning in someone, I think the producer's apartment, and we were in the apartment, I remember I, wa I saw J-Lo walk in, and it was like late at night, I was about to fly out the next morning to Canada to fi finish my TV show, um, and, I, and I remember feeling like, I wasn't nervous, and I definitely knew who J-Lo was, you know, I was like 10 years old. So you weren't nervous when you saw J-Lo? I wasn't for some reason, no. I, wow. I, I think I was super confident. Not like cocky. Maybe you know, I was a you, cocky. You'd already been sunned by Schwarzenegger, yeah. so you know you were like, yeah, exactly. you know, you've been can, through it. Yeah. You've been through the road. <laughs> I may have been a little cocky. I remember there was a kid, I mean, at least my dad tells me this story. I don't know if, I, if, it, if it actually happened, but I was auditioning and I saw the kid like reading for the same role as me, and I looked at him, at my dad, and I was like, I got this, or something like that. I can't remember. I was pretty, I think I was cocky though. I don't know. So I wasn't nervous, and then I remember I sang that song with her. I was like, me and Julio down by the schoolyard. I was like, oh yeah, my character really likes this song, or this, this band, this is my favorite song by them. And uh, she was so cool, dude. She, I remember she was like wearing sweatpants. <laughs> I don't know if, if that memory is in my memory, because she's, she's got a nice butt, I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, she just seemed so chill, and like, yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, it was, it was a, a pretty big connection right, right from the beginning. Um, I th probably because I wasn't like nervous to meet her. Yeah, you know? it was just it was just a lot of fun, and and then she like really mothered me that whole entire movie. You know, she looked looked out for me and made sure that like people were taking care of me, and she bought me an Xbox. And uh, wow, yeah, it was it was it was it was dope, man. That's she, right. I, I learned a lot from her. So like like when I talk about actors kind of being divas and shit, she was not one. Like oh yeah, she was. She, she I I didn't realize at the time, but I was learning a lot from her, and I think that's why I wanted to be such a good influence on Teen Wolf is because learning from her and watching her kind of conduct a set the way that I felt like it should, you know, where everyone was, like, happy to be there. Yeah. Um. So that was, uh, she taught me a lot. Yeah. It was cool. Is there, I always imagine, like, an audition process. I've been lucky enough where I think the only thing I ever had to, like, audition for 
I guess I auditioned for a couple of things early on, but like the MT, the TRL at MTV, and then there was a Billboard gig I had. But like, it's like a, it's a, such a, it's such a nerve wracking process, you know. And it's yeah. such like a, it's such a self conscious thing. As an adult, it's way more nerve wracking. Yeah. I'm Is there not... anything like that in music that makes you feel that way? Um, interesting. Um, like getting in the studio with Feldman for the first time, or yeah, like... that wasn't. I, 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 I love the songs that I write. And so I, n- I was never really too nervous about getting in the studio with Feldy because I was I was a fan of of what I did, and so I wasn't like looking to him for uh, validation. Right. You know? and I haven't really felt that when it comes to music. I mean, getting it's probably a good sign. Yeah, maybe means you're being genuine. Means you're being yourself. Yeah, yeah, you totally. Know? Yeah, uh, I, th- I guess before you play a show, there's always some nerves there, but like I'm always so consumed with setting up the stage. And by the time like we start playing, like there's like I didn't have time to get nervous. Right. So I still really haven't felt that when it comes to music. But nowadays, like if I go into an audition room, I'm super nervous for some reason. Really? I don't have that same confidence I did when I was a kid. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think I think I think the stakes are higher as an adult, you know, I've got like a house, I have stuff I need to pay for, I'm more insecure, you know, and I judge myself because I think that they're judging me and it's it's a, it's a weird thing to stand up in front of a bunch of strangers and be like, okay, here's my best at what I think I'm going to do. You yeah, know? and then they're going to judge you, yeah. and it's like, it's really, I mean, again, like, you know, people say that actors are crazy, but it's like, how could you not go crazy? Yeah, how could you not go I crazy? You know totally what I mean? It, like, you're just yeah. getting judged constantly. Yeah. Is this right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. But I find that so interesting that you don't go through that in music. Like, you don't feel those stakes, those same stakes, you don't feel them in music. I definitely have more confidence as a songwriter than I, than I do as an actor. Wow. Yeah. And have you always, is that through working with Feldy or working with Femme, you know, talented mm. songwriters around you? No, no, that's always kind of been the case. That's for cool. Me. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know, I'm just more, I think it's cooler for me. I've always, I'm not one of those actors that can't watch their, their work, you know? Some actors, like, can't, they can't watch themselves on TV or something like that. Yeah. I've always been stoked. I'm like, wow, that's dope. And then I kind of, like, if I... I learn from myself. I'm like, okay, that wasn't the best choice. I could probably try something different next time. But oh, and you'll always... study it. Yeah, study it definitely. Oh, that's cool. Do yeah. you ever do that with music? Yeah, definitely. Like, if I record a song, I'll listen to it a bunch of times. And be like, okay, what can what can change? What can be better here? Uh, I, I just did that with this new EP that I'm about to release. I like just went back yesterday to re-record some vocals. Um, so yeah, I do I do it in a different way. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I'm so so. I've always been like a fan of what I do. I just think it's cool. Yeah. You know, that like I can like, you know, be on a TV show or a movie screen or I can also like record music into a box and then it comes out sounding pretty cool, you know? So I've just Oh, it's rad. It's rad. So I've never really been too hard on myself when it comes to that, you know? And so I don't know, I'm just a I'm a huge fan of I mean, there's been days in the studio for sure in the music studio where I'm like, fuck, I deny. I like I'm like I doubt myself and um but for the most part, it's uh, it's a pretty dope experience. Um, I was just reading the NME article, and I thought it was so awesome, everything you said, yeah, just how transparent that... you're being right now in your life, and really have been, you know what I mean, over the course of the past two years, just seemingly, like, from the outside, increasingly more and more transparent and honest. Sure, and, yeah. um, you know, you've talked about just the role model you can be, and I, you are. Have you seen that open any sort of, like, you know, proverbial boxes upstairs when writing songs, like by being so open with the public about, you know, who you are and your authentic self. Have you seen that take any sort of greater effect songwriting wise? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I'm always, I'm always just trying to be transparent when it comes to whatever I do. So like, 
this whole album is called Drugs, and it's all about me becoming sober and like how hard that shit is sometimes for an addict. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know if, if, if me being more open lately has affected the way that I write songs, but the songs definitely do mimic sort of what's happening. So like I, I'll, I'll write about you know whatever's going on. Yeah. I, I can even I've even written about like so I, I've had a weird love hate relationship with social media and um, some of like the abuse that like people have on it or like go through and, and me including. And so I've written a couple of things about that or like sometimes I'll do something really stupid on social media and uh, and I'll write someone needs to take my fucking phone away from me and I don't know it's just. Uh, just funny shit, but uh, I have, I definitely try to write what's happening in my life, you know. I, I don't really try to sugarcoat it or anything like that. And, yeah. But I do it in a, in a way where, like, I don't, I don't think my life is the most relatable when it comes to, like, I think a lot of people can find some relatableness within it, but, you know, just the shit that I've, you know. But you almost, like, a lost art a little bit. I was just talking to a friend of mine. I don't know if you've heard of the name Max Beck. He's a photographer in town. Mm -mm. He takes. He's like. He's worked with Peep. He's worked with Ghost Man. He's he's more in okay. like um like Suicide Boys Ghost sure. Man world. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we were. He was here last night. Like after the radio show, we were here way too late, just talking um just about music and art. And we we're talking about how like uh, music's. We're in like this like weird like relatable age where people go into right. the studio and they want to write something that's relatable. Uh, 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 but I think and that's cool. We all love relatable music. But I also like there is something you said about telling me a story, right? Yeah, dude. Like tell me your story, mm -hmm. and then it's like that's pretty interesting. And I never did that, so I like you know what I mean. Of course. And so that's yeah. kind of cool to hear you say that, like you know, your life and just kind of say that that your life isn't that relatable because it's not. It's a spectacular life. It's a very unique life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. That's kind of cool. Do you ever think about that? I do all the time. Yeah, because you know, every day, every day I'm in the studio, I'm like, okay. Especially with Feli's influence, he's like, we got to appeal to people. I'm like, yeah, you're right, <laughs> but we can also do it in a way where like I'm singing about me, but also being creative, so that anybody can relate to it. Like this last song I came out with, Happy. There's a lyric that goes, Yeah, I know how to act. Just give me a name. I've been playing these roles. You all want me to play. So like that's obviously very, you know. It's my life, right? But I think a lot of other people can relate to it, you know, totally. just by, like putting a different face on somebody that they think people will like. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I agree with you. I do think it's cool when an artist is like personal, yeah, and and kind of writes about what they're going through. Um, it doesn't have it doesn't have to be relatable. I've always kind of had like not a pet peeve, but whenever that topic does come up, like let's be relatable, I'm like ah. Yeah, sure, but like it's cooler this way, or more creative, or like let's do it in a way where it's vague. Yeah, enough where people can be, you know, take something from it and relate to it. Did you ever listen to Wallflowers growing up? You remember like One Headlight, like One Headlight. I definitely know the name. Um, they did Tenth Avenue Freeze Out, or no, not Tenth, uh, Tenth Avenue Heart Heartache. Oh, Sixth Avenue. Excuse me, and I'm from New York. <laughs> Don't mind me. Um, um, Sixth Avenue Heartache. But anyways, uh. I wish we could play it, but YouTube will take it down. But basically, uh, Jacob Dylan's lead singer, Bob Dylan's son, oh, and cool. he was on the show recently. And like, one headlight is a song where if you listen to it, man, it's just like it's not relatable at all. Like, uh -huh. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. It's just like this abstract story about kind of like the like the razor thin line of like uh, delusion and optimism. Uh -huh. You know, like yeah. the hook is like we can make it home with one headlight. So you can take that as it's like dope. that's an optimist, sure, or like course, dude, yeah. there's no way you're making it home. You go, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but again, that's like that, that just springs to mind because he was just on the show. Um, but yeah, like some of the greatest songs that I love are abstract yeah. and have nothing to do with my life. Yeah, you know. But maybe there's something in that person's life that I can apply to my life. Uh huh. You know. 
So yeah, that's really what, that's interesting. So fun about writing music, man. Yeah, you can be as creative and weird as you want, and yeah, I love. And it's an, it's a muscle you got to exercise. You know, like, you think so? Yeah, dude. For me, like, I feel like the the more and more I I write, the more creative I get, and a little bit more vague the concept becomes. You know, like if you, you it's easy to be relatable in music. Yeah, I th- I think. You oh know? yeah, like it's easy to write relatable shit. Like totally. I broke up with this girl and now I'm sad. Yeah, that kind of vibe. But like, if you want to get a little more creative with it, it's this kind of this muscle that I have I have, I have to exercise. And you can write a relatable song. Like if you if I give you like a title, you could probably write a relatable song in five minutes, yeah. dude. Especially in pop punk where uh-huh. there's like three chords. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Um, and it's good. It's a good you're challenging yourself because it's. I think music like. I'm I'm ready for music to get shaken shaken up a little bit. You yeah, know what dude. I mean? I, yeah. Not that I don't like. I mean, I, dude, I'm adding hundreds of songs to my playlist every single week. You know, uh-huh. I love what's going on in music, and I will always love that, and always seek out new artists. But it would be kind of cool to get more. You know, sort of like this is what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. I just wrote a song last night that I'm f- fucking stoked about. So like, I've been producing at my house. I've been producing since I was like a little kid, but like, kind of taking it seriously now. And I wrote this song that like. I don't know if a lot of people can relate with like it's it's it, it throughout my entire life and my career I've sort of felt second tier even like on Teen Wolf I, to the fans like I wasn't the most popular and it was who's cool. the most popular I think my homie Dylan O'Brien okay which is oh, I get I get it he's an incredible actor right um, but there was moments where I was like I felt like I don't even know how, how to describe it I was like hurt or Felt pushed under the rug, kind of, you know, because I I dedicated my life to that show. I loved that show, um, and then there were moments of like people just kind of like hating me just because I wasn't this other character in in a way, you know. And so there's been a lot of that hating you because of like you personally or what you would do on the show just, as a just character. My, just just the character, and and but you know they didn't see like the the ins and outs of of, of the show, and I was like I just I I was a, a, as much of a fan of the show as like they were, and so I felt like I was just kind of kick to the curb sometimes and then right. there were a couple of times where MTV themselves actually like promoted the show with him as sort of the lead right. and I was like fuck man like I worked my whole life to get to this point and now I'm sort of feeling like you know is it kind of the feeling like well what's wrong with me yeah dude yeah absolutely right. and you know like you said actors are all insecure and I you know I, I went through that too and s- still have issues like that every now and then like I think you should be insecure though Not so, I didn't mean to interrupt you but like <laughs> no but like you, I think like to, to I think as a, a good artist or just anybody, uh-huh. you should always be asking yourself questions. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. You should always be like assessing yourself, and I think that inherently is like a lack of security. If you're secure, you're kind of an asshole. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, if you're like, dude. if you're like meet somebody who's like super fucking sure of themselves, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're probably you're probably someone who doesn't question yourself too often. <laughs> you're probably an asshole. Um, uh, yeah, you're probably right, man. I've I've uh, not to say I'm not an asshole, but I'm constantly you know in this limbo of like, okay, fuck, what can I do better? Am I am I doing enough? Do I suck? <laughs> yeah. As long as you don't let insecurity like turn evil and you know yeah. like, and then you're you being a dick to other people yeah, or trying exactly. to tear them down. Uh-huh. But I think I think yeah I think artists should be insecure. That's you know? a cool. That, I mean yeah that's that's a cool way to put it. I mean if you're feeling really good all the time, like I was I, I was uh, I had writer's block for writing music not too long ago. My homie I was like telling him like dude I can't fucking write anything and he's like, well are you happy? And I'm like yeah. And he's like well there you go. Dude, I was just talking to a friend of mine about this that um and I don't know if I'm stealing this phrase, but I think what I said to him uh was something along the lines of like like calm waters don't make good stories. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Right? And it's like it's and but that's also like the the juxtaposition of the artist is that we all want to be happy, right? Uh-huh. Like like uh and, and it's you know, like you want to be in a healthy relationship. I think about this a lot through the lens of like love and relationships. But like 
who wants to hear about that? You know, I'm not saying a good love song isn't awesome, yeah, right. but man, like a turbulent relationship, mm-hmm. that can inspire some really crazy cool shit. It's, you know what I mean? Absolutely, dude. Yeah. And I, I think a lot about how like some some artists that when they're like 25 years old, they write incredible stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they get to be like 45 and it's like, man, it's so fucking whack. Like uh-huh. how does this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of things, right? Hunger probably goes away to a certain extent because you achieve success right. at, a, at a high level. But also just like, you learn from your mistakes. Like the reason why 25 and, and you know, your, your thirties and your early thirties, whatever are so fascinating is like, you're still learning and you're still documenting that journey. Yeah. So it's funny. Do you ever go through that where you're like, well, man, I'm so happy in my personal life, but is this going to negatively affect the art? Uh, I just, it's happened through experience. Like I never really thought about it until it was happening. Right. You know, I was like, oh fuck, I could really use a, a, a bummer right now. So right. Some good <laughs> yeah. music, you want to pick know? a fight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I got to pee really bad. Oh yeah, totally. Is that, is that cool? Yeah, of course. Right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Wow, that was a great pee. Well, yeah, it was awesome. Wow. Talk, tell us about the pee. Yeah, it was intense, dude. It was full on. Like, you know when you're like peeing and you're like, you know, you push it out, you know. I was doing that the entire time and it just would not let up. That's you, relatable. You like to speak. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's see. Now you figured out how to be relatable. You're right. You got to write a song about that. Sing about pissing. I need a pissing interlude on the fucking EP, <laughs> dude. Can you imagine? Just a bridge of me peeing. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think that'd be like so punk rock. That's not bad at all, dude. Blink did that, in like in I think dude the dude ranch days. Really? Is there's there like some a, urinating on that? There's one song at the end where Mark is pissing. And he's like, oh yeah, and then you hear a dog come up. He goes, Sparky, come here, Sparky. And you just hear the dog drinking. <laughs> Laughing up the piss. I was the thinking toilet. of uh, the Joe. Is it Josie? Yeah, Josie. You're with Alyssa Milano. That video. They're like performing in the bathroom. They're like at the urinal. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. it's good times. Um, all right, talk to me about past life really quick. Cool. Yeah, past life. We're That's... gonna world premiere it on uh, K Rock and across the country after this. I don't know when you're watching this, but thank you uh, so much, dude. No, dude, thank you. Really, that's cool. like a huge. We like that's a huge <clears throat> deal for you to bring a record here first. It really means a lot. Oh my god. And it's like this is like a habit of yours. I don't know if you're uh, you, you realize it's forming, but it's uh, <laughs> you, you, this is like the third world premiere we've done. Which uh-huh. is cool. You're like part of the family. I think that's important. You know, that means a lot, dude. I, yeah, yeah I've, uh, I love you, and um, yes, just uh, very, very appreciative and honored. Honored, dude, for sure. Yeah. You well, know? no. Likewise, when Katie sent it through, I mean, I remember getting like the little file of it or whatever, the Dropbox, and I was like, oh, this is rad. I that's like this a lot, and I think I like it. I think it's my favorite song of yours. It's definitely Femmes. Yeah, Fem- she digs it. Femmes loves it a lot, and that was part of the reason I wanted to like. You know, I, I always thought it would be a cool single. But I was like, this has to be the next single because because she loves it. Yeah, so that song is probably the most meaningful song about sobriety on this album. So this whole album is about, you know, getting sober and like mm-hmm. what 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 led me to needing to be sober, what it's like, and how like kind of 
tightrope it is, you know, like walking through like the sobriety. Does writing about it make it harder? Mm, no. Does it make I, you think about it? Does it make you crave it or anything? I mean, there are. there's a really funny song on the album called Sober, and there's a line where it goes, I just want cocaine and alcohol, blowjobs and bathroom stalls. I miss my habits. So it's really funny. Um, but, you know, every time you mention the word coke or whatever, booze or something, there is a part of you that goes, hmm, that sounds nice. <laughs> so what kicks in? Okay, because, like, I can relate to that. But then what kicks in and tells you don't do that? What is that? Knowing that the way that I kind of treat drugs and alcohol is uh, is dark and... Uh, in a way where like I'm really unhealthy and I feel like I'm probably gonna die. Right. It's pretty heavy. Like I've I've gone through some some scares. I think they were all just panic attacks. But I, I there's been a bunch of times where I thought I was dying and and couldn't stop. You know. So I like had to like I was like okay why the fuck can't I stop even though I feel like I'm dying like I think I'm dying and I call people at, like five in the morning I'm, like come check on me please. Um, and then I'm like okay I'm I'm quitting, but then I just never could. So Interesting. There's, so there's there's some really, I think I started using to feel, and this is in the it, it says this in past life. And what's cool about past life is that it's this it, it takes you this entire journey of like how it started, why it's so scary, and where I am with it now. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I started using partly because I uh, I I I didn't hate acting, but at a young age I, I just didn't want to be viewed as one because I didn't really like them too much. And so my hometown, you know, like, the kids that accepted me were the potheads. Yeah. And I started smoking pot with, with, with them, and then, you know, we experiment as kids. And totally. I just kept kind of pushing. Being sober, I realized that there was a lot that I was not coming to terms with, and I just I, I wanted to get high to kind of numb it away. Right. Like, um, especially after my mom died, that's, that's when it got really, really heavy and... Uh, it's a weird. It's a weird. It's dark. It's dark because it's not like I'm using just to have fun. It wasn't fun for like two years. You um, feel trapped. Yeah, definitely trapped in this weird routine. That's like not a routine. You just wake up and you do it. I used to eat just so I wouldn't faint, so I could do more drugs. Right. You're you almost know? fueling. Just, uh, just fueling the habit. Yeah. And I would lose weight. I lose weight really quickly. Um, I just, I'm just really. It's dark the way that I use. Yeah. You know? Was there like a final, um, you know, like wake up moment? Or <laughs> what, what brought this upon? Just better influences around you or? Yeah, Feldy is sober. And having that around me, I knew that like, I didn't really think I had an issue. I denied it for a long time. I'm like, I don't have an issue. But then being around him all the time and hear, hearing his experiences with it, I was like, fuck, maybe I do. And then, what was it? I, I think, I think I was just like, I think I was worried about myself. I could really see, like, my complexion was, like, gray. I just wasn't healthy. And just le everything leading up to it, you know, like, I, I, I started really, like, wanting to make my mom proud, you know, and, and, and not go out in some stupid way. I've had friends die. Yeah, same. Like, ar around the same time that I started, like, thinking, like, maybe this is an issue. I've had friends overdose. And so yeah. it's, it was, like, you know, I, I, I want to... I've always kind of had a complex of wanting to be somebody that people can look up to, and I was like, "This is not that person." Yeah, you know. And I and I go through therapy. I go to therapy a lot, and and I, I've always had this like vision of this person. I was always telling my therapist. I don't know if this is 
doctor patient confidentiality but i would always tell my therapist that there's like this person that i see and it's like myself there's two different versions there's like this really put together guy and there's this like stoner loser lazy person and the, the, the put together person's always been like come on man get your shit together dude and i just can never do that and i had i had a really bad problem with like with weed i know it's probably doesn't sound that intense but like i i just had no i have no control when it comes to to using anything and uh, i had no motivation and I, I just could not be this person that i saw and then i got sober kind of felt like that guy but like i still wasn't convinced that i'm like maybe i am not a drug addict maybe i can kind of dip back into that world <clears throat> and i did for like six months and it got really scary again so I'm like, and it, it, it would like just, increasingly did it inch back up? It yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't immediate. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh cool, I can make a bag of coke last for two weeks. Right, you know, and I'm like, look uh, at me go. Yeah, look at me go. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. And then uh, and then eventually it did. It, it was not like that at all. And uh, I was like, okay, I need to get back into this sobriety world. And now for the first time, I, f I feel like that person that I've always kind of felt in, right. in my th therapy sessions. And it's a, it's really, 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 fuck, man. I don't even know. It's so it awesome. sounds like the thing, my original question, like what kicks in when you have that urge? It sounds like that put-together guy kicks in. Whereas yeah, maybe yeah, in the past, yeah. the stoner guy was, was the louder voice and the stronger yeah, personality yeah. type, mm -hmm. you know? And now that's awesome to hear. Do you Now, in recovery, do you ever, like... What do you replace that with? And and if I'm if I'm misspeaking, I apologize. No, no, but no. like you know, like what do you? Because do you ever worry like you're going to replace it with something else? Like you replace it with sex? I know a lot of friends that like go that route, yeah, mean, or yeah. like or a religion or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. Or what do you? Because was it like were drugs and alcohol? Was it a reward mm. for you? You know what I mean? Where oh, I worked hard. I'm going to blow off some steam. No. Okay. It was I I I was high through work. Right. Right. All right. The time. Um, so did you need to replace it with anything? Um, at first, when I first got sober, before I relapsed, I replaced it with excessively going to meetings and, and, and being this, um, this, the, the poster boy of sobriety. You know, I want, I realize I have a, I have a, a people pleasing sort of, of attitude about myself. It goes back know? to auditions. It goes back to all the yeah, stuff dude. we're talking about. It goes you know back I mean? to my entire childhood. Right. You know? And so being sober really helps you kind of analyze yourself in a way that you never really, I never really did before. And so I, I just did it wrong. I, I, I didn't do it. For, I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was doing it for myself. I felt like I was doing it to impress the people that I looked up to. Right. You know. And so I feel like I, I replaced it with, with excessively doing things for my sobriety. Now. I I have a goal and if I'm running toward it awesome but also if I'm walking toward it that's great too like I I have a routine now you know it's, it's easy I wake up and I make my bed I never did that before and it, it makes such a difference dude it's so cool making your fucking bed I don't know why well cause you get something done in the first part of the yeah, day dude. like you've you, done something you've at yeah. least done something and you've also like affected change it sounds so stupid but like you know what I mean it works you, man yeah it's really cool so it I, th starts I think with most that. of what I filled it up with what I replaced drugs with is just making myself proud Right. You know, I, if, if it's just chipping away a little bit at my routine a day or doing the full routine of like waking up, making my bed, walking the dogs, making myself food, working out, taking care of business, emails, whatever. If I'm just doing a little bit of that during the day, um, then I feel good about myself. Right. I, I had no routine before. I would just wake up, get stoned, do drugs, drink, 
and then fall asleep and then do it again. And then oh, I always kept saying, tomorrow's the day that I'm going to, you know, get my shit together. Right. And I never did. And so it's just, you know, it feels right, too. I'm 29. I'll be 30 soon. It's just like, all right, dude, it's get yourself really together. time to get my shit together. It was scary, dude. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to be another 27 club person. Dude, thank God. Yeah. It was just, uh, it's just, a, it's just why. Yeah. You know, and I don't, and like, I'm, I'm cut off of everything. Like, I, I don't smoke weed. Weed was a big uh, thing for me. And so, you know, I, and I don't need that shit. I, I love being sober. Mm-hmm. It feels really, really, really good. The only thing that's trippy about it is like, I'm conditioned to turn to something when I'm pissed off or depressed or something. You know, I'm like, all right, I need a bong hit or I need a yeah. bump or something like that. So it's, so that's the only thing that's like, I'm still trying to, when those moments happen, I like, what do you turn to? Yeah, I meditate. Okay. Um, I am trying to be super spiritual and feel like I've always been super spiritual as a kid. Just never really. I was just like wandering in the dark. I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I just felt there was something there. But now I'm like really trying to find a connection to it. And I have this like intuition, this voice that gets louder and louder and louder the more I feed into it. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's the voice that stops you from doing regrettable shit you know like before i would do something and be like fuck i shouldn't have done that now this voice is like before i do anything don't do that yeah you know it's just like this voice of reason um that uh gets that put together guy man yeah you know it is at least that might be speaking to the put together guy something like that dude you know i can't explain it i can't explain why this sobriety thing that i'm doing works but it does like i could not i I could not be sober any other way Weird. Was it was it our, last time you were here? We were on Zoom. We were talking about how mm-hmm. sex was also a part of it, and I think sex yeah, is a fascinating right. uh, drug mm-hmm. because it's sort of like it's it's socially acceptable, right? right it's right, like right. it's social it's a socially acceptable idea versus like you know hard drugs, mm-hmm. and I think it's harder to identify when we have problems with our relationship with sex. Mm-hmm. And so when you right. had to rehabilitate that as well, how did that compare to your rehabilitation with drugs? Um, sex and drugs went hand in hand with, with me. So like if I, or like, you know, really going heavy with sex and experimenting and going to sex parties and like, what were those like? <laughs> crazy. Crazy dude. Like the first, one how do you I, find out where a sex party's going down? So there was this website or uh, there was like this, you know, the, the legend fucking, you would just hear about it. I can't remember how I fucking found out about it. I probably looked up online and then like researched and like there was one that celebrities used to go to or something okay. like that. And so I was like, okay, this one's the elite one. And then like you have to pay a membership and be accepted. And so, yeah, <laughs> it was there, 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 uh, it's like a movie, dude. It's definitely not my scene. Yeah. There was this sort of desperation in the air. Right. I was just there to kind of experience it. I went alone. I wore a mask. Right on. Uh, before COVID. It wasn't one of the COVID right. masks. It was, like the <laughs> it was a cool mask. Eyes wide shut mask. Yeah. Do they give you the mask, mask or do you have to like no, pick no, you, out a mask? You, you gotta like Amazon you, order a mask. Yeah. <laughs> so do you put do you put a lot of thought in like, well, what mask am I gonna get? Um, I wanna look cool. Yeah, like, I think you definitely do. I think I found a mask somewhere. I was at some Halloween store or something like that, and I was like, whoa, this mask is fucking dope. And it is a cool mask. It like it has like uh, it's contoured to like your face and it looks angry kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool yeah. mask. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like this will work. But yeah, those those went hand in hand with using. So as soon as I cut out using, I didn't really feel the need to explore that world. You oh, know? interesting. And I, and I felt like I got a lot out of my system. <laughs> did you? Did you? Did you? Oh, God, I bet. Did you? Did you find it hard to sort of like recalibrate? You do mm-hmm. all this crazy sexual stuff and then you know you got to come back down to earth almost. You got to adjust to gravity. No, that never really. I never really had. An issue when it came to 
sexual stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I was always like, what, no matter what scenario I was in, I was like, I could leave right now and be okay. I, I just was like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to explain it. I would just, uh, I just wasn't fully invested. I, I knew I would just wanted to get stuff out of my system so that I wasn't I, like 50 years old being like, God damn it. I need to go fucking let loose. You right. Know, and cheat on my wife or something. Which is like so that. important, right? Yeah, Getting shit so. out of your system. I you know so. what I mean? I dude, I think it's like so important, especially like in your twenties, like yeah. just get it out. Cause it's always like, experiment. you know, if you got to yeah, experiment and if you got a curious mind, dude, like, yeah, dude. Check it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Check it out exactly and see if it's for you or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I didn't have any shame tied to it. I was just like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. Whatever I'm feeling right now, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And not hurt anybody on the way there, you know? Like, I didn't want to, like, harm anybody or make anybody uncomfortable. Yeah. It was always just, you know, yeah. So letting go of that was not... And I've been to sex parties sober, too. Right. And How so... was it sober? <sighs> it was... It... Chill. Easy. Really? Yeah. Not nerve wracking or anything? No, no, no. I remember the first one I went to, there was like, uh, there's drugs everywhere. And I was like, I did not, I have no urge to use. The only time I I sort of do, it's it's when I'm like depressed or something. And I like, I don't want to use, but my body's so conditioned to like, I get it, I got to eradicate this feeling immediately. Right. You know? So I don't, I don't, I don't really want to, I don't really want to use at all. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, thinking about a, a, a mezcal margarita or a blunt or a, a, a bump, it all sounds great. Yeah. But I have no desire. I just don't want to do it, dude. But you can also, I think, just more effectively now weight the consequences. So you go, wow, that would yeah. be... It's almost like, you know, to sort of tie it to somebody who might have an issue with dieting, right? It's yeah, like, sure. It's like, uh, you know, I really want this hamburger, but this hamburger, the cheeseburger, but it's going to feel good right now. Right. But then it's going to, you know. Yeah, exactly. you, you can just more effectively weigh out the cost. Yeah. Um, we do have to go live on the radio. I think Sweet. Ian's freaking out over here. But I do, uh, can we, do you know when we can expect the EP? Uh, early September. Cool. So you'll be on the road. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to release the EP just before tour starts. Okay. Killer. Um, because I wanted to do like single, 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 and then release the EP. So I want to do one more single in August, and then have the EP out. Um, you gonna be the VMAs? I don't know. I, I don't really? think so. You should. I'm down. I'm always down. We to gotta go get to Teen stuff. Wolf on Paramount Plus. What the hell's going on? I don't know, dude. I mean, come on. We're bringing back I want, everything. I want. I want Teen Wolf just back in general. You yeah. Know, what on MTV or whatever? I'm always down to do MTV stuff. I just don't get invited anymore. You know. Yeah. They bring back. They were. We're doing Cribs. I think like starting next Wednesday. Awesome, dude. Do Tyler Posey Cribs. Would love it. Yeah. There Here's you where I used to do drugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my mask. <laughs> dude, you're the man. Thank you so much, Thank bro. Thank you, dude. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 